Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 74 of the Bible in 90 Days. Today, we finish the book of Mark, Mark chapters 10 through 16. You'll also notice as we go through these chapters that there's a lot of over overlap with Matthew. And uh, several times during today's highlights, I will remind you of that fact of the overlap. By the way, chapter 10 is a chapter you should read. It begins with Jesus' answer to a question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus' explanation as to why Moses permitted divorce, responding to this question, is fascinating. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Jesus also commented, so they, husband and wife, are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark then records that mothers brought little children to Jesus for his blessing. The disciples, however, turned these mothers and their children away. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Following this is the story of a rich young man, also mentioned in Matthew. Though he claimed great piety, Jesus told him, One thing you lack, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus spoke to his disciples about the challenge that wealth presents to those who wish to follow him, indicating, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. After this, Mark records Jesus predicting his death a third time. Then there's the request by James and John, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. This stirred up intense controversy among the disciples. So Jesus told them, in part, whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The final story in the chapter is the healing of a blind man, Bartimaeus, as Jesus and a large crowd left the city of Jericho. As Jesus passed the man by, Bartimaeus cried out for healing, only to be rebuked by the crowd. Jesus stopped and invited the man or asked for the man to be brought to him. Then Bartimaeus told Jesus, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Chapter 11, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, begins Jesus' final week with Jesus entering Jerusalem on a colt making his way to the temple amidst the celebratory cheers of the people who spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Next morning, on his return to Jerusalem, he had spent the night in Bethany with his disciples, 
he cursed a fruitless fig tree that day. Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He also challenged those who were in the court. Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. This declaration enraged the religious elite. The next morning, as the disciples passed the fig tree again, Peter exclaimed with surprise, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. To which Jesus responded, Have faith in God. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. The final verses in the chapter record an argument over Jesus' authority as he's questioned by the religious elite. By what authority are you doing these things? The religious leaders don't get the answer they're looking for because they won't answer a question Jesus asks them. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. Chapter 12 is mostly a dialogue with the religious leaders or religious elite. It begins with a story also recorded in Matthew 21 about the hateful vineyard tenants who ended up killing the owner's son. Needless to say, this parable angered the perceptive religious rulers. The story is then told of Jesus' response to the question, Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? A story also found in Matthew 22. Next, Mark records the Sadducees arguing with Jesus over the resurrection, using a strange marriage example about a woman who'd been widowed seven times. The story is found as well in Matthew 22. Mark records as well Jesus' answer to another question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? This interaction is found, as you might expect, in Matthew chapter 22. However, Mark's version is a little more detailed, as it includes added dialogue between Jesus and the questioner. In fact, the questioner's response impressed Jesus. You are not far from the kingdom of God. The chapter also includes dialogue about the Messiah, almost identical to what's found in Matthew 22. You'll remember that the entire chapter of Matthew 23 is devoted to Jesus' cutting rebuke of the religious elite. Mark, however, in this chapter, chapter 12, devotes only a few verses to this same lecture. The chapter ends with a touching story of a widow's selfless gift contrasted to the larger but non-sacrificial gifts of the wealthy. Jesus told the disciples, They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Chapter 13 is quite similar to Matthew 24, recording Jesus teaching his disciples about coming trouble. In answer to their question, tell us, 
When will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? The chapter ends. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Chapter 14 begins with Jesus being anointed by a woman while dining at Simon's house before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. And at a time when the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. The story was previously recounted in Matthew 26, though a bit more detailed here in Mark. After this, Judas left to make arrangements for his betrayal of Jesus. Mark next reports on the Last Supper, containing details quite similar to those found, again, as you might expect, in Matthew. And those are in Matthew 26. Though with some additional details, during his, this meal, Jesus also predicted that the disciples would desert him and that Peter would betray him. Jesus and the disciples then head to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus declares, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. He then pleaded, Abba Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. The record again is quite similar to Matthew 26. Jesus is then betrayed with a kiss by Judas. One interesting note in this section is this. A young man, wearing nothing but a linen garment, was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Jesus is taken to the Sanhedrin, where he faces false accusations and is pressed by the high priest to declare his true identity. Are you the Messiah? the Son of the Blessed One? The final verses of the chapter record Peter's denial of Jesus. As noted already, the details in Mark 14 are quite similar to what's found in Matthew 26. Chapter 15 begins with Jesus' interaction with Pilate and Pilate's abandoning Jesus to the will of the people in exchange for Barabbas. Similar to the account in Matthew 27, as is the entire chapter here of Mark 15. After his encounter with Pilate, Jesus is mocked by the soldiers before being crucified. The chapter ends with Jesus' burial, noting that the man who requested his body, Joseph of Arimathea, was a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. The chapter also reports that Pilate is so surprised to hear that Jesus has died already that he asks the centurion for confirmation. It's worth noting that Mark says nothing of the soldiers being sent to guard the tomb. Chapter 16 is quite similar to Matthew 28, though with less detail. It records that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome found the tomb empty and encountered an angel who told them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. This section ends 
Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The rest of the chapter is something of an epilogue, reporting that Jesus had appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. The disciples did not believe her report of the resurrection. Neither did they believe the report of two other disciples to whom the resurrected Jesus had appeared. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven, and I'm quoting, as they were eating, he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Jesus' final instructions to the disciples are also recorded, Mark's account including these words. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. The chapter ends, and that would also be the end of the book of Mark, with these words. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. And that's the end of Mark. However, before wrapping up this episode, I would remind you to read as much of the Gospels as you can. Pick your favorite Gospel. Read it. When you've finished it, read another of the Gospels until you've finished all four, and then simply start over reading the Gospels through again. You really, truly can't get enough of the story of Jesus. And that's all for today. <music> 